On this episode of Another Day, Another Book, I speak to author and journalist Ella Dove about her debut novel, Five Steps to Happy. We discuss the event that inspired the novel as well as Ella's own Five Steps to Happiness. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Ella, it's so nice to have you on here. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm good, yes, I'm good. I've got used to working from home now, so it's taken me a little while, but I'm in my bedroom and I've sort of turned it into an office and just about just about kind of getting the hang of everything now. And do you feel like you work better at home or do you miss the office? I think it depends. Um, as I sort of mentioned to you, but I'm a bit of a chatterbox. So I think when I'm in the office, I can get quite distracted talking to people. Um, so in some ways I work better. When I'm writing a feature, um, I definitely am better when I'm just on my own. Um, but I think I do definitely miss the social side. And, and also being in an office, when you're bouncing ideas around, I think it's really a really good way of kind of, getting up getting sort of creative ideas together which I do miss that because obviously when you're coming up with ideas on your own you're just sitting and you feel like you're a bit kind of isolated sometimes so it's a bit of both I think yeah um do you feel like you work more hours now that you're working at home because that's what I've been hearing like people say it's not nine to five anymore it's nine to whatever hour (laughs) until you get the work done yeah yeah I definitely think you have to be more disciplined um I'm quite good at sort of balancing that kind of work and home life so you know my hours are 9 30 to 5 30 so when I, I do try and finish at 5 30 sometimes six but generally no later than that and then I kind of go for a walk just to clear my head and then that's like the way my evening starts so I've kind of got it down to a good a good art now you're very disciplined <laughs> Because um, my mum works at home and she gets up at like seven and then she's still working like till midnight oh gosh yeah Yeah. it it is really easy to do for sure but um apart from the working from home how have you found um this pandemic because obviously life has made a very big shift like you said social life is not the same yeah yeah so I think it's a bit of a roller coaster so definitely ups and downs and you know my moods are kind of flitting around all over the place I think I'm probably a bit more um sort of solid with my moods now than I was (laughs) when it was even more uncertain now it's almost like we've got used to the uncertainty I think so um yeah I mean obviously still kind of missing things you know when I get things flashing up that I can't go to like theatre trips for example that have been cancelled or holidays or whatever that kind of obviously gives you a bit of a dip um but um especially because I'm such a forward planner that I planned so much in advance that got cancelled which was really sad um but yeah like I think I've also learned a lot about myself and spending Mm -hmm. a lot of time kind of like on my own and also in I came back to isolate in my family home because I live in a little flat in London so I came back to Kent to be with my parents for lockdown um and yeah that's been really nice having that quality family time and you kind of like appreciate what's sort of important I think like I I almost there are certain sort of friends that I really really miss and then there were other people where you start to think oh okay like you know you start to evaluate the people in your life and sort of learn who's the most important and who you kind of want to keep in touch with that sounds really horrible doesn't it but you know what I mean like it kind of just makes you think about everything and also I know now that I don't have to be on the go 24 7 I can just like 
watch TV in the evening. Like I don't have to always be meeting someone or, you know, socializing. So I've definitely learned a lot about myself. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've definitely learned a lot about myself as well. I have had time to learn a lot about myself. And I think before this, not a lot of us had that time. Mm. And it's given us that as much as it's given us a lot of stress and anxiety, it has given us time to reassess what's important in life. Mm-hmm. And like I know um other people have also moved like back to their family home if they lived alone or in like a small flat. I just can't imagine being in a small flat with no garden during lockdown. It it I I feel so bad for anyone who's had to do that. And the government wasn't really like supportive in that way because they were like, you know, just go into your garden. I'm like, not everybody is fortunate enough to have a garden or even a balcony. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is very tough especially when it's been really hot as well definitely and not going on holiday like you said I'm I'm gutted (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is is sad and um so you've you wrote a book before all of this called five steps to happy um can you tell us a little bit about that yeah of course um so my debut novel came out last year in july um and it is fiction but it's based on my own experiences so it's about a girl that loses her leg in a freak accident and i'm an amputee so the girl in the book heidi has the same accident as me which is she goes jogging and she trips over And it sounds really ridiculous just tripping over on a flat path um, and I'm sure we've all done it Um, but on this occasion um, she like I dislocated um, her knee and it basically cut off the blood supply um, to the foot so it's one of those kind of crazy freak accidents um, and it's kind of the book is then her recovery journey it is although that sort of opening scene is um the same as what happened to me it is fictional from there so it's sort of her recovery journey and the people in her life and how they help her um so yes it's it's been quite a journey um for me and obviously for the main character as well yeah and before you yourself had the accident did you ever think of writing a book and you just didn't know what you wanted to write it about and then it kind of stem from there you're like actually I want to write a story that's a little bit like mine but mostly fictional I mean how did you were you decide did you want to be a writer before this point yeah so I've always wanted to write um and I used to write little sort of short stories and stuff as a child um I used to actually write plays and force my sisters to to perform them with me when we (laughs) obviously giving myself the best roles every time um and there were lots of costume changes we used to be in our living room and we'd be we didn't ever learn the lines we just read them out from my notebook so we sort of stood by a table in costume and read out these lines while my poor family had to kind of be like oh lovely darling so good (laughs) so um yeah so I've always wanted to write and um I kind of background career history is that um I did French and English at uni um and I did a creative writing dissertation at uni um so always loved kind of that fictional uh, immersing myself into fictional worlds um and then I went on to get a job at Women's Weekly magazine after a lot of work experience um and from there I moved to Good Housekeeping magazine um and so now I work at Good Housekeeping Red and Prima magazines Um, So writing's always been a massive part of my life. Um, But even while I was doing that journalism, I was still writing in my spare time, writing fiction. Um, And I decided 
in 2015 so it was the year before my accident I did a writing course um how it was about writing a novel just sort of evening course um run by a London literary agency called Curtis Brown and so I did this course and I that was where it really kind of sped up for me because I met lots of other people who also wanted to do the same thing and I think when you've got that community of like-minded people it's really good because you all sort of spur each other on um but then I kind of I was writing a completely different book at that point and what I learned from the course was actually that it wasn't very good um <laughs> so I had all this agent feedback and they they sort of said yeah I mean you need a lot of sort of light and shade and I'm not very good at plotting because I'm a bit of a rambler um so I just would kind of go off on tangents and it didn't really have a structure anyway so I sort of got a bit disheartened and kind of forgot about it and then um a year later I had this accident um obviously was not working for I think it was about five or six months while I was recovering um, and people kept saying to me oh you should write you should write and you know the amount of notebooks people bought me because they knew I liked writing it was very yeah. thoughtful but at the time it pushed me the other way and I think I was in such deep psychological shock that I was like I don't want to write and I kind of just mm it just would push the notebooks aside and be like stop telling me to write every time someone told me to write it would make me not want to write even more um and yeah and it wasn't till about a year after the accident that things had sort of settled and you know I'd had therapy and I was kind of feeling a bit better in myself that I thought actually I've been through so much here and maybe it could actually help people um in similar position if I were to write about it so that's kind of where it all started, really. Sorry, a very long answer to your question there. No, I mean, so would you say that the book was not so much, in a way, a bit of therapy for you, but more you wanted it to be a ther- like a sort of therapy for other people by, you know, them seeing a story that kind of reflected them? Yeah, I think so. And I'd got um, quite involved with uh, the charity, the Limbless Association. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went after I was in hospital for about six weeks. I then went a few months later to this rehab centre. It's like an amputee rehab centre in Lambeth where you spend six weeks having kind of intensive physio every day and counselling, occupational therapy, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was there, I was writing notes because it was the most bizarre place I think I've ever been to. There were like 12 patients, most of them very elderly. Um, I was the, well, I, there was me at the age of 25 and then another girl who was nearly 30. Thankfully, we shared a room. Um, but beyond that, everybody was in their sort of 80s and they were all like diabetic and they were all kind of still smoking even though they'd like lost two legs through it and anyway it was just a completely crazy environment to find yourself in in your 20s and I just thought I have to sort of jot notes down but while I was there um the charity the Limbless Association came in to do a talk and to kind of just like offer support and say you know we're here and these are the services we can provide and um I got chatting to the man who came to do the talk and from there um I sort of learned actually that there aren't that many younger amputees because diabetes is the number one cause of amputation and generally that Mm. not always but generally that happens when you're older um and traumatic amputations like mine um you know so that could be like a car crash or it could be a freak accident like what happened to me 
that's actually not it's not as many people as you would think um so I suddenly realized actually like there are there are people like me out there that haven't really got anybody to kind of offer them this support because because the sort of stereotype of an amputee was much much older um and so that's how I kind of got involved in the charity and it was sort of through them that I thought actually I I could do something here I could actually make a real difference so it was kind of combining combining that love of kind of charity work with obviously the passion that I'd always had for writing and how did you in the end find the experience of writing the entire book like was was it different to when you're writing all these other books before was it did you feel like that big difference like this is actually the book I was meant to write like the other ones are like just like starting um blocks and this is it yes I think so. Um, it definitely flowed better, which I think is always a sign that you're onto something. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it is a long process writing a book. Like it's a, it is a hard slog and it takes a long time and you have times where you look at what you've written and you think it's absolutely rubbish and you, you know, berate yourself. And then you have times where you think I'm writing the next big thing. Um, so again, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, I think I, once I'd found a routine, obviously I was also by this point working full time again. So Mm. I kind of carved out, um, every morning, I'm luckily quite a morning person. So I would wake up early and I'd write for a couple of hours before work. And then I'd go to work and do my day job but then by the evening I couldn't do any writing then because I think I obviously I write for a living anyway so I'd kind of come home and be like yeah I can't do I'm it going out. <laughs> um yeah I'd kind of just like have dinner and then collapse sort of thing um so yeah I think I'd kind of got myself into that routine but definitely what motivated me was the fact that I knew that somewhere in there there was a good story that was just kind of waiting to be unraveled and I guess it was, it was it difficult writing so close to your heart as well, knowing that you were, you, your aim was to help, like, just to reach out to other people who are, like, young like yourself, who were an amputee? Yeah, yeah, I think um, that did help. It was, that was definitely something that, that motivated me. Um, obviously, it, it is difficult to delve back into difficult experiences mm-hmm. and to kind of think about, the sort of lowest times because you know I had to inject a lot of emotion into the book in order for it to be realistic and believable so I really did have to um kind of think back to perhaps times that weren't that comfortable to remember and you know what the times where I kind of really did feel at my absolute lowest so that was that was quite difficult but then actually then kind of getting that down onto the page what it sounds quite sort of cliche but it was quite sort of cathartic um Mm -hmm. and it did it did help um and then I thought actually like I want to be honest in terms of the obviously it's fiction but I do want to be honest in terms of the emotions because you know there'll be people reading that that it might not even be amputation it could be any sort of difficult experience and people might think yeah I felt like that too and it just kind of would hopefully help people to know that when they're going through trauma they're not alone and that you know all these kind of difficult emotions are very normal yeah and you mentioned that before you wrote this book you went on a writing course Mm-hmm. um how helped by like, you mentioned that they were quite helpful and letting you know that the books you wrote before weren't they were just weren't that great and how like would you advise um aspiring writers to go on courses like that to help them because the advice you got there was so beneficial 
yeah I think it definitely does help um the thing that helped me the most was well a meeting people who were doing the same thing because it kind of motivates you you kind of spur each other on um but b yeah if it's an industry-run course, I mean, obviously there are so many writing courses out there and there are so many brilliant writing courses out there. But for me, because this one was run by a literary agent, um, mm-hmm. like by a literary agency, you kind of knew that they really did know what they were talking about um, because they are the people that take on the writers, you know. And so having that sort of industry advice, even when it comes to, you know, writing a cover letter for how to kind of pitch your book to an agent, that sort of practical stuff, as well as the the kind of structural thing of writing a novel as well. But that that sort of extra practical advice that I got was really, really useful because I didn't really know anything about the publishing industry from that point of view. Obviously, I knew it journalistically, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't really know anything about you know how you get an agent and how from there how the book gets sold to a publisher um I was completely clueless so actually from that point of view the course was really really helpful well that sounds really good because I guess that is something that not a lot of people know I guess it's the same with like journalism like unless you know somebody who can explain all of that to you it's very hard to know those sort of things yeah definitely yeah and how different was it writing a book to like you said like doing your day job like writing articles and features um it's a different discipline I think you for both you have to kind of have motivation and drive and all the rest of it but I think because it wasn't my day job I had to be extra motivated because no one was telling me I had to do it I certainly at that point wasn't getting paid for it so I I really had to kind of push myself and dig deep to find that motivation and you know I say very casually oh I woke up early every morning there were mornings where I woke up and I thought you know what this is way too early I'm going to just go back to sleep and all mornings where the writing (laughs) wasn't going at all and I would kind of really like be punishing myself like oh like you're rubbish you can't even write you know 200 words or whatever there were there were mornings like that um so from that point of view it was different because obviously journalism is my job and I kind of you know you you don't have to sort of g yourself up to do your job because you just do it because it's your job if you see what I mean um whereas obviously Mm -hmm. this was a hobby um so no one was no there would be no consequences I guess if I didn't do it I wouldn't get in trouble (laughs) so um yeah so it was different in that respect and also different in terms of the actual um process because obviously a book is a much longer thing than articles um and generally with articles I'll interview someone I'll transcribe it I'll write it and you know it will go to my features editor and it will come back with some edits and I'll do the edits and then you know it it's a very sort of um mechanical process and it's a very sort of um sort of like highly kind of um fine-tuned process that journalists for years and years have been doing and so you kind of have a structure to follow whereas there is no set structure for writing a book you know there's not one way of doing it there's a lot of different ways that you can do it some people plan every single chapter out some people just sit down and write I don't know how they do that because I would be (laughs) off in a dream world um and some people do something in the middle which is what I do I plan kind of key chapters and then I know that I've got to get from A to B and I don't necessarily know how I'm going to get there but that's 
kind of part of the fun. So it is a very, it is a very different discipline and a very different skill. And I wouldn't say that all journalists are going to automatically be great at writing novel and vice versa, that all novelists would be great journalists. I think it is definitely you have to put a different hat on to, to sort of get into the zone. Yeah, I definitely get that because I know a lot of people like to me, oh, well, you write for your blog, so you should be able to write a book. And I'm like, I can't, I just don't have that discipline to be able to do that. The concentration, be able yeah. to plan out a book is just not in my nature as far as <laughs> I'm aware. But yeah, like you said, it's just not the same thing. So I applaud anyone who can do that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think, I mean, you never know. It might, it might be in there somewhere. It's more just the idea, I think. I think once you've got an idea that carries you, sometimes you always can't, you can't stop that process. Like, as in, mm. I couldn't get this idea for Five Steps to Happy out of my head. And so it kind of niggled at me, even if I didn't do it. And, you know, I'd wake up in the night sometimes and think, oh, that's how that's going to happen. Or, you know, you have little sort of like mini epiphanies. Mm -hmm. And that's how I sort of knew, oh, the idea is is strong enough and is sort of unique enough for a book. Whereas um, the books that I'd kind of tried to write before, I never had that feeling. So that was sort of, it, it's a lot, it sounds again, quite cliched, but it's definitely a lot about like listening to your gut and when an idea strikes you and obviously this one was so based on my own true story that I knew you know I'd lived it so I knew it could work because I'd been through it so that kind of helped in that respect I think. Yeah and do you remember the first story that you ever wrote that? No? Um, I, yeah I don't know if this was the first one that I ever wrote but this is definitely the one that my family talk about so I wrote a story <laughs> called um the mermaid who lost her tail when I was a little girl um, <laughs> and I can I mean it's obvious what it's about from the title um I can't remember loads about it but I do remember that my dad kept it and he like got it out when I was applying for uni and then I don't know why, but I ended up mentioning it in my uni interview at Southampton. Um, and I think because we were talking about writing and I, anyway, the guy interviewing me had said something and then I just started talking about this. They must have thought I was insane. But anyway, <laughs> I got in, so that's the main thing. But it sounds like a really cool book. <laughs> well, thank you. Maybe I'll relive it someday. <laughs> and are you working on something at the moment? Are you working on a new book? Or are you just going to see if another idea hits? Uh, yeah, so I have written book two now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've done the first draft. Um, and I hesitate saying the first draft because they always say that your first draft, you should actually say that that's draft zero because it changes so much and you do so many edits, so many different versions of it. Um, so I've been, maybe this is draft one now, because I've been back and forth with my agent about this is probably the third time. Um, I'm about to send it off to him again, probably tomorrow, actually. Um, I'm going to send it off to him again and he will read through it and he will give me loads of comments. Like we normally have a kind of hour, hour and a half phone call where I'm just writing so many notes that my hand really hurts by the end of the phone call. Um, mm. So, yeah, I've written, I have written a book, whether it will... I don't know when it will come out. Um, I haven't got, there's not actually a contract in place for it yet. So okay. it hasn't even been sent to my publisher. They haven't seen it because my agent wants it to be obviously the best it can be between the two of us before it goes to the publisher. So um, yeah, but it's in progress. It is underway. 
And has um, lockdown and being at home helped you be able to write more and edit more? Um, at the beginning, no, actually. At the beginning, it was like so difficult to concentrate. I think a lot of people have said that they couldn't even concentrate on reading. Like big avid readers that I know have been saying right at the beginning of lockdown, like, oh God, I can't read because I can't focus yeah. Um, and it was kind of similar for me with writing I just could not focus my mind at all I think just because there was so much uncertainty and I felt so sort of anxious about well like my own life but also about the state of the world and I didn't see my boyfriend for two months you know there were lots of different Mm. things that were kind of contributing to this anxiety Um, and so yeah I just couldn't really concentrate and I but I just I'm I'm really bad for kind of um, self kind of chastising myself and telling myself that you know you, I, I'm lazy or whatever if I don't do it but I just really had to it was actually my agent who sort of said to me because I, w- I was emailing him at the beginning of lockdown saying oh I need to write this and I need to finish this and I should really think about book three and he was like look you just need to chill out you just need to <laughs> just need to be kind to yourself just take some time out and so I did and I kind of took about a month where I just didn't like if I wanted to write if I felt the urge then I would but I wouldn't make myself do it every day and I just kind of gave myself a break which I definitely think helped because it kind of helped me to find my kind of mojo again and then by the sort of second month of lockdown I was able to start writing properly again I felt a lot better um but yeah it's funny isn't it how how kind of the state of the world around us impacts your your kind of psychological state yeah no I definitely agree with that and it's funny that you mentioned how you at like the beginning you just couldn't really do anything at the beginning of lockdown I was like I'm gonna read so many books I read nothing I read nothing like I didn't I don't think I even picked up a book and now like this morning I read 200 pages of a book because I feel much better like people are going out more maybe that's not a good thing but it but it feels like life's getting a little bit back to normal and before that it was just it was just really upsetting watching the news every day you're seeing this total of how many people have been like infected by this virus died I just couldn't do it and escape into a book that's supposed to make me feel happy just didn't seem like the way to go Mm. but the like you said after like month two it definitely changed and I was able to get back into the swing of things Mm, yeah definitely and what are your five steps to being happy (laughs) that's a good question um well I don't know if I've necessarily got five specific things myself um I think I mean family is definitely one that's very important to me um so I put that on the list and just kind of being around family and also you know friends and kind of um the people that I care about um definitely writing because I mean obviously I said at the beginning that writing after my accident I just didn't want to at all but I do think it is very ingrained within me the fact that I've ended up in a career that involves it as well it clearly (laughs) is something that's very kind of ingrained into who I am so I would say that that would be one um, that kind of makes me happy. And one thing actually that I absolutely love is when it's the weekend or I've got a day off, I love um, just, well, even actually during the week, but it's sort of maybe slightly less relaxing then, but waking up and then getting, getting a coffee, getting out of bed, grabbing a coffee, taking it back to bed and then just opening my laptop, playing some like really nice chilled acoustic music and then just sitting in bed with a coffee and my laptop and doing a bit of writing. And that makes me very, very happy. 
Um, so that would be definitely one thing. Um, I think also swimming. I'm a very big swimmer. So I find that very calming. Um, mm -hmm. Went swimming this morning, in fact, before work. Um, didn't write this morning because obviously didn't have time to do both things. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that I find very kind of mindful. And um, whilst I'm not very good, I have tried sort of mindfulness apps and things like that. And I'm not that good at that kind of stuff. But swimming is something that I really just switch off. I think you're just focusing on what you're doing and you kind of, it's my form of mindfulness. So that's definitely one thing. Um, what else? Oh, I don't know, maybe food. That's a bit of a weird <clears> one, but like just taking time over kind of cooking a nice meal with someone that I love. So I know, for example, tonight I'm currently in Kent and I'll go back to my flat tonight um, in London and my sister who I live with um, is cooking for me and just kind of sharing a lovely meal with somebody that you care about like that and catching up. I think that's, that's like yeah. a really, really nice thing and that makes me definitely feel happy um maybe clothes I don't know that's a really really <laughs> they're getting more and more sort of like um uh frivolous and sort of less deep as I go on but you know there's nothing there's nothing better than the feeling of like a new outfit <laughs> they feel really good I think so there we go I think that's five maybe Is that five? yeah yeah no I I enjoy purchasing clothes but recently because of the whole pandemic you can't actually try clothes on so I just haven't been buying anything because the thought of going into a store buying something and not like fitting or looking ugly and then having to it's just too much for me so yeah. I've just gone down the food route and been like I will just make a nice meal and that will be my happiness yeah definitely or when it's when it's hot like having a nice gin and tonic in the garden that's that's yes. another thing during lockdown that I very much enjoyed I've really enjoyed um, a lot of restaurants near me um, have been doing five pound cocktails. So I've been really enjoying those. Mm, nice. Eat out to help out. That's what they Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely what I've been doing, especially in the last week. Before that, I was very hesitant. But now I'm like, do you know what? I've got a life to live and I can't do that inside my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, is there anything else that we um, haven't discussed that you might want to discuss? Hmm, I don't think so. I think we've been very thorough. I will say that Five Steps to Happy is out now and it's available um, on Amazon and basically all good bookshops, Waterstones, wherever you get your books from, really. Um, there's an audio book too, if you like audio books. So yes, I would, I'd encourage everybody to have a read if you want to. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been lovely to chat to you.